Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we'll unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope that you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, folks, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Again, that's pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, today's podcast is going to be looking at the Beatitudes from a new angle or a new slant, if you will. And we're going to apply the Old Testament anticipation of Jesus's word and our need to his teaching. So over the next few days, we'll make it all the way through the Beatitudes. But today we're going to touch on the first one. And my hope is that you and I will embrace this life-changing teaching as knowledge isn't power, but application of the knowledge is where the power's at. So shalom. And when I say shalom, I'm offering you a goodwill benediction or prayer over your life. And then Jesus describes the traits he was looking for in his followers. These traits were called Beatitudes. He called those who lived out these Beatitudes blessed because God had something special in store for them. And as we explore each Beatitude, you and I will learn that each one is almost directly contradictory of society's typical way of life. When we put serious effort into developing these traits within our lives and applying them, the last beatitude tells us that we're bound to face opposition. Now, I'm not saying this to be discouraging, but rather I want to impart encouragement upon us. We need to go the extra mile for Jesus. This is a path where we'll find uncluttered highways to travel to heaven as it's definitely the road less traveled. And Jesus is our best example of each of the Beatitudes. As we strive to become more like Jesus, the Beatitudes will challenge our moral compass daily. Now, the Beatitudes is also called the Sermon on the Mount. And have you ever wondered maybe why the Sermon on the Mount got its name? Well, we're told in the book of Matthew that Jesus gave this sermon on a hillside near Capernaum. So that's why thus its name, the Sermon on the Mount. And this was Jesus's most lengthy sermon. It's thought to have lasted several days. And what topics did Jesus deem to be important to spend days teaching on? Well, he taught on the law and what his position toward it was. And the people who had gathered to hear him teach, in addition to his disciples, were from Galilee, the Ten Towns, Jerusalem, Judea, and from east of the Jordan River. Now, the Ten Towns consisted of ten Gentile cities east of the Sea of Galilee, and they had joined together for better trade and mutual defense. People from all over traveled long distances to hear Jesus speak. 
And if Jesus was walking on earth today, would you be like these disciples and make an effort to go to hear him speak? The good news gospel is at our disposal. So truly, he is like he's walking among us today. And he does speak to us daily. And we do have access 24-7. All we need to do is hunger for his word. And Jesus taught faithful obedience from the heart is what matters. It's not our position, our authority, or money. Those are all worldly concerns. But the Sermon on the Mount would challenge the religious leaders of the day, and Jesus would show obedience over legalistic observances that was taught by the Old Testament prophets. And it was important for Jesus' disciples to remain grounded not to get haughty as his popularity grew. With the enormous crowds now following him, his disciples were truly his closest associates. And additionally, he had his inner three, his inner circle as it was called. That was Peter, John, and James. And you probably remember we did a previous podcast looking into these sons of thunder and Peter. (laughs) And it would have been easy for these disciples to feel important proud and even possessive of him at some points in time. But in addition to the prestige of being one of Jesus's disciples, opportunities for money and power definitely surfaced for them. So Jesus had to pull his disciples aside and warn them about the temptations they would inevitably face as one of his followers. He told them not to expect fame or fortune. Instead, they needed to prepare for mourning, hunger, and persecution. Nevertheless, nothing we do for the glory of God and his kingdom goes without reward. Perhaps not in this lifetime will we see it. We may need to wait until we get to heaven. However, there might be times following Jesus when it brings us great popularity, and we must live by Jesus' words in this sermon so that we avoid using God's message for his people for self-promotion. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, the first beatitude says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. So God blesses those who realize they have a need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is given to them. God's ways are the opposite of the world's ways. The kingdom is upside down. When we live for God and not for ourselves, what we say and do often seems so strange to the world. So we must be willing to give when others take, to love when others hate, to help when others are abusive. When we give up our own rights to serve others, we will inherit the kingdom of God. And these people who recognize their total dependence upon God will operate out of humility. They may have had destitute hearts, but then realize their spiritual need. And in our anguish, we cry out to God and he hears and answers us in joy. God forgives the repentant. According to Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, he says, The high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, the holy one, says this, I live in that high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I refresh the humble and give new courage to those with repentant hearts. When we offer up our hearts in a contrite and humble way to God, 
The seed of our soul morally has turned away from sin and towards God. And in turn, God relates to you and to me by coming down to our level to save us because it's impossible for us to go up to his level to save ourselves. In the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned when we live and apply these beatitudes, we shouldn't be surprised by clashing worldly values. For instance, this first trait or beatitude clashes with the world's values. This becomes more apparent when we fully realize that we need God. So now that we know what we need, how do we develop it? Well, the book of James says that we draw near to God in five distinct ways. Number one, we humble ourselves before God. We yield to his authority and his will while simultaneously committing our life to him. We willingly follow him. Secondly, we proactively resist the devil. People have asked how to do this. Well, here's one way that I recommend. We need to not allow Satan to entice us nor tempt us, even triggering us. And Paul instructs instructs us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 6. He says, We use God's mighty weapons, not mere worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. And we will punish those who remain disobedient after the rest of you became loyal and obedient. And like Paul, you and me are just weak humans compared to the spiritual world. We don't need to use human plans and methods to win our battles. God's mighty weapons are available to us as we fight against the devil's strongholds. As Christians, we can choose whose weapons to use, God's or the world's. Paul assures us that God's mighty weapons, which are prayer, faith, hope, love, God's word, the Holy Spirit, they're all powerful and effective. These weapons can break down the proud human arguments against God and the walls that Satan builds to keep people from finding God. When we deal with people's proud arguments, these keep us from a relationship with Jesus. We become snared or trapped thinking our methods will work, but nothing can break down these barriers like God's weapons. James thirdly tells us to wash our hands and purify our hearts. So what does that mean? It means that we're to lead pure lives. We're to be cleansed of sin, replacing the desire to sin with the desire to experience God's purity. Fourthly, we're to have sorrow and deep grief for missing the mark or sinning. We shouldn't be afraid to express heartfelt sorrow for anything that we've done that doesn't measure up to God's standard. After all, Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, All have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. While it is true, sin all separates us from God, all sins can be forgiven. Psalm chapter 103 verse 12 points out, He has removed our rebellious acts as far away from us as the east is from the west. As we've discussed on other podcasts, the east and west can never meet. So this is really a symbolic portrait of God's forgiveness to his beloved children. 
And fifthly, friends, we're to bow down before the Lord and he will lift us up. What this is saying is that we are to recognize that our worth comes from God alone. When we're humble, we lean on and into his power and in his guidance, not in operating from a stance of independence. None of us deserve God's favor, and yet he wants to gift it to us, giving us worth and dignity, despite our human shortcomings and limitations. So today we focused on only one trait or one beatitude. Again, today we looked at our inherent need for God, and I hope you'll stay tuned for the rest of the Beatitudes this week. They'll give us an idea of what's to come. We'll be digging into mourning, humility, the Beatitude of hunger and thirst for justice, mercy, purifying our hearts, and also the Beatitude of a peacemaker. And finally, the persecuted for our faith. So friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not somewhere else, then I would invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other believers. Now, let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you have ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And as you go out today, one of Priest Aaron's contributions that he left for us in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, is this benediction or this prayer of blessing. It says, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love and action looks like, how to be a peacekeeper, and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please consider joining me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. Much of today's podcast was referencing my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com, or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, please write to me, and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. Additionally, if you know anyone who might be interested in this material, please share it with them. Until next time, friends, be blessed.